0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Level Ground Podcast. I'm your host, Grayson Seegers. It's here. It's another Thursday. We're back in the studio recording, and hopefully today we can give you something that'll be an encouragement to you and that will uplift you in some way. Um, nevertheless, we're excited because we've got some huge, huge things coming. We've said it every week. We're trying to prepare you. Um, and And the things that are coming down the line, I'm looking at the schedule that I've got right now of of people that are going to come on, things that we're going to talk about. And and to be honest with you, there's something to be excited about. And we've got right now, I'm looking at uh, about six or seven different episodes planned out with, with guests that are, are ready to come on and have scheduled dates. And each one of these seven episodes are going to surely hit and surely help each one of us in a different way. And there's some things that we're going to cover that that I'm sure will help you in your walk with the Lord and will also help us to get a little bit deeper together, not just you but me as well. And uh, But I, nevertheless, I'm glad to be back with you. I want to do the housekeeping again because it's just easier for me to do it in the beginning and if I do it again in the end, that's okay too. Um, but it's easier for me to do it in the beginning because just in case I forget at the end. Don't forget... Uh, go find us on Facebook, like us on Facebook at the Level Ground Podcast, follow the page there, and once we get up 500 followers, we're going to do a 500 question, or 500 frequently asked, item. said that all kind of wrong, a top five uh, frequently asked question, and what we're going to do there is we're just going to... Uh, Uh, pretty much once we get 500 followers we're going to put a post on there you get to ask a question the top five questions that get interacted with are the uh, questions that we're going to use in the podcast for an episode um pretty much you get to plan the podcast you get to plan the episode um don't forget to go go on instagram and uh levelground.22 i know we don't post much but don't worry it's coming down the pike we're going to get started sooner rather than later um also, if you need a copy of the Word of God, reach out to us. We'd love to send you a copy of the Word of God. I, I've, I've heard some people talking and I, I've and some folks have been saying to me you know how the, and they've been asking you know what I'd be where we'd be willing to send it or where we could get it to. and, and I say anywhere, it's needed. So it don't matter where you're at. If you need a copy, if you want a copy, if you know somebody that wants a copy, if you know somebody that needs a copy, reach out to us. We'll get them a copy of the Word of God. Um, And also, I want you guys to be praying. We're going to go ahead and announce it uh, in a way. And I'm not going to tell you exactly what's going on, but I am going to tell you this. We've mentioned a few things about creation versus evolution a time or two. Um, we've mentioned that there's an episode coming. We've mentioned the differences in, um, in our podcast, uh, in episodes, um, among other things. You be praying, you be spreading the word, and you be ready because come about the first week in May, we're going to be sitting uh, sitting down with a special, very, very, very special guest um that's going to help us go a little bit deeper into those things and we're going to sit down and me and him are going to sit down and record three four five episodes it just depends however much we want to talk that's what we're going to do and we're going to be able to learn some stuff so just sit down hold on to your seat get ready it's coming um but nevertheless enough of me rambling enough of me talking um i just kind of wanted to let you know what we're coming to i know some of you probably get tired of hearing just me talk so we're trying to ease some things in to add some variety into the podcast so that it's not as boring, um, and, and I know that me talking can probably get pretty boring, so we're just trying to trying to get some things working and some things doing, and ultimately, so that we can reach more people and spread the gospel to more people, and don't forget, if you enjoy the episode, send it to somebody, uh, like it, review it, whatever the case may be, but Without rambling anymore, we're going to go ahead and get into uh, get into the episode today. And And to be honest, we, we said that our goal with this podcast was to spread the gospel. And I had a conversation uh, a few weeks ago now, and it uh, seems like when I was talking to, the, to this person, it boiled down to one thing, and it was... Um, and this person was lost, and, and what it boiled down to was they had no faith, and and we talked to you in the episode when we talked about being a bona fide Christian, how that we need to put our faith in Jesus Christ, and how we need to uh, put our faith in the things of God, and there's some things we just got to have faith in, and, and I've realized this, and, and we're just going to be honest with you for a minute. We're going to tell you where our heart's at, and where our heart has been, and and where our heart's at is this, is that what's happened and what we've gotten to in this day and time, in, in the month of April, in the year 2023, what has happened is that, number one, the church is mad at the world for the world acting lost. You can sit here and you can try to deny it. You can try to uh, say, no, that's not the case, but that is 100% the case I'm not saying that everybody is, but I'm saying majority of them is. I said uh, you can look and you can see all of these different things that are going on, all of these different uh, uh, sinful things in the world, and what's our first reaction is to get mad at those people, is to get frustrated with those people, and really they can't help it; they don't know any better. And then on the flip side of that, what you've got is the church is viewed by the world as corrupt. And the things that the church does are viewed as judgmental and are viewed as all of these things. And, and we've talked about it over and over again. We may even have mentioned it here. But what I want us to realize is it's almost like we're just trying to uh, uh, get in this competition of who's right and who's wrong almost in a way. You get online, and you can find any debate that you want to find concerning any kind of doctrine, any kind of theology, and it could be anybody from any background. And where our heart's at is this. We've seen that from both sides. The world looks back at the church, and what's happened is so many people for so long, instead of being loving but in a in a just way with a backbone, and, and even if it's tough love, instead of being that way, they go straight to judging and being judgmental. There's a fine line between being judgmental and to giving tough love. Um, there's a fine line there, and you've got to realize where that line's at and stay on the line more toward just giving tough love. We should never judge. We should never uh, be judgmental, and that's an episode for another time. But what it's done, it has marked us. And then, because it has marked us, the world is going to be very outspoken. The world is very about outspoken about anything that they want to talk about. You know it, I know it. You look at the world in general. I'm talking about these secular, the secular things of the world. They're going to be outspoken about them, whatever they may be. Whatever agendas are out there, whether they're political or Or social or whatever, each one of these are going to be very outspoken about their opinion. And what the problem is, is that they have been so outspoken and the church has been ridiculed and the church has been persecuted so many times in so many different ways, even though we ourselves have not been in that terrible of a place. And we'll get to that in just a second, but we have been ridiculed so much that we can't help but cower down, back in the corner, stay quiet, serve in our church but not serve outside the four walls because we're afraid of what's going to be said to us. And see, what I'm giving you here is a chain reaction. And what's happened is because we've sat down and we've sat quiet for too long, number one, we've not fulfilled a commandment of God. We've not fulfilled the great commission that was given to us. There is a calling given to every man, woman, boy, and girl that is saved by the grace of God, and that is the great commission. And we all ought to be found doing that and feeling that call to the best of our ability. But what's happened is we have sat quiet for so long as a whole. Not everybody, but as a whole. And I want you to examine yourselves and and see. and, And I know for a fact I can do better. But we've sat quiet for so long, and what's happened is the world has gotten hungry for something. They don't know what it is. We understand and we know, according to the Word of God, they're hungry for the gospel. They're hungry for the Lord. But they don't know that. And what's happened is the church has sat quiet so long as far as the Bible-believing churches, not these uh, prosperity preaching churches, not these that say, Jesus loves you, give me your tithe of $10 and God will give you 100000 And Not these churches. But I'm talking about the, the true Bible believing churches have sat so quiet for so long or have been judgmental for so long that it has run the world off. And at this point, they have not heard from the church and they're hungry and what's happening, the world is filling them full of whatever kind of food the world can give them. Whatever kind of trash the world can give them, the world is feeding that to them. And this is serious. This is a very serious place that we're in. The world is filling their mouth, fulfilling their stomachs, fulfilling their hearts and souls full of this trash. And what we've done is we've sat quiet and let it happen. And then because we've done that, that's why you get so many people that live in these ways of sin. That's why you get these, all these political matters, and I'm not going to get into each one of them and get into what they are, but you get all of these political matters, you get all of these uh, social acceptance matters, you get all of these uh, different things that pretty much they say to you, you're wrong, you need to accept us, we're doing this, and then not only that, but you get these different worldviews. Right now, even, they're planning a Satanist convention, and what they're doing is getting together to worship Satan, and it's posted everywhere. I'm seeing it on my Facebook feed about it. So here's the thing, where have we went wrong? Why isn't it turned the other way? And what I want to say is this, and we're seeing all of these things, not to even mention the, and how we mentioned earlier, how you've got more people believing in evolution, believing in all of these these things, Big Bang Theory, the, uh, all of these random uh, uh, scientific things, and and they're willing to jump on the science bandwagon. Why? Because science is giving them answers that they're looking for when the church is not. I'm not mad, and I want to go ahead and say that. I'm not mad at nobody. But I want to get the point across of how important this is. And as long as we sit here quiet, and we sit here with our arms folded, the gospel will continue to be spread less and less and less to the world. I'm not worried about our churches in the sense of men behind the pulpit not preaching the gospel. I know that that is the case in some places, but I know the places that that I get to go to and I have a relationship with, I know these men, I know a lot of these preachers, and and I have faith that there's going to be men that are preaching the gospel. The issue is our children are seeing that on Sunday, but they're not seeing it anymore the rest of the week. And what's happening is these children are getting hungry and school is just pouring into them whatever school wants to pour into them. The world's pouring into them whatever the world wants to pour into them. And over time, before you know it, the world has their claws dug deep in them and they're confused. All because we have set quiet. Because we were scared of ridicule and we were scared of persecution. I read a story of a man who had a Bible who was not supposed to have a Bible in some other place. And what they done when they caught him with that Bible, they tied a rope around each one of his limbs, one around each of his arms, one around each of his legs. And they tied a horse to each one of those ropes. And they began to pull him and to stretch him until his he his bones were dislocated from his body All because he had a copy of the Word of God. How many of us in the United States have sat here and because we've had a copy of God's Word or because we have went to church on Sunday have been taken and and they wanted to take and dislocate our bones from our body? Not a single one of us. We haven't seen anything yet. And if we're willing to back down and we're willing to fold our arms and we're willing to quit now... What's going to happen when it does get that way? When things do happen. And and we're going to have an episode here in the next week or two that's going to describe all of these things a little more in detail. But I wanted before we even got into this podcast to talk about this. That's why it's more imperative now that we spread the gospel in its power and in its Purity. And that's what we've said we wanted to do here at the Level Ground Podcast from the get-go, is we wanted to spread the gospel. And that's what we're going to try to do today, is to spread the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, Him crucified, Him dying for our sins, Him raising again on the third day, and praise God, He's coming back to get His children. And uh, and this may be not your typical gospel talk, talk, gospel message, whatever, but I wanted to kind of bring it in a different way. And I preached a message a few weeks ago on the ministry given to all and what that ministry is. We'll get into maybe next week, but we used a lot of these scriptures and someone said to me that morning said, well, I enjoyed that message. Would you, would you be willing to share it again on the podcast? And, and we prayed about it and we, God kind of give us a little bit more to this thing, and we're going to try to expound on it in a little bit different light, in a little bit different way, and maybe give and just focus right now, in this very moment, focus on solely the gospel before we get into the rest of it. And the first thing I want us to look at today is a middleman, and what a middleman is, and and the term middleman is an informal word for an intermediary in a transaction or process chain. An intermediary is someone who has an interposition or takes and performs an intervention. Intervenes on someone's behalf. And how many times have we heard places say, well, we're going to cut out the middleman and we're going to get rid of the middleman so that you can have Cheaper goods, whatever we're selling, you can have cheaper goods and we'll sell it to you for cheaper. And because we've cut out the middleman, I'm afraid what's happened in this day and time, and we're we we really don't have this divided out, but I'm afraid what's happened is we've got to the place in society where we see the term middleman and we think we don't need a middleman anymore. When in some situations, a middleman is important. A, you take the Chevrolet factory or the Ford factory or, or whatever vehicle factory you want to think of. You take these and they assemble their vehicles. They don't sell the vehicles directly to the public, but they require a middleman to have a dealership to then sell the cars from there. And that's where maybe the importance of that middleman is. And in other aspects, you know, that where the middleman is or where the middleman needs to be is important. You think about real estate, how, how some, if you didn't have a real estate agent, Honestly, 90% of us would probably get so lost in the paperwork that we had to fill out. We wouldn't even begin to know what to fill out and what it was for, and, and next thing you know, we get ourselves in trouble. But if you hire a good real estate agent, a good middleman between you, the buyer, and someone else who is the seller, they can handle all of that. And sometimes there needs to be a middleman. I want us to look here at Isaiah fifty nine verses one through four, the Bible says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies, your tongue hath muttered perverseness. None calleth for justice, nor any pleadeth for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. I want us to realize first before we even get into this, and you'll see where all of this comes in here in a minute and how it all ties together, but before we even get into this, I want us to realize and to know and to understand that because of the fall of man, and we talked about it, I believe it was in episode 3, 2 or 3, where we talked about sin because of the fall of man, because of sin taking place in the Garden of Eden, what has happened is we have been separated from God. Had sin never take, taken place in the Garden of Eden, we would have still been together with God, but sin has separated us from God, and we were born into sin, and through sin did our mother conceive us. That's according to the Word of God. That's according to the Bible. That. And here's another thing, if we're going to believe the things of God, we ought to believe the Bible, and we ought to study the Bible, and we ought to have faith in it, and put stock in what the Word of God says. And if the Bible tells me that I was separated from God because of this, I'm going to believe it. And it's sad because a lot of people out here don't realize and don't know that they are separated from an almighty God. The reason they don't feel him working and moving is because they have to be brought back to him. And we'll get to that in just a minute. But I want us to realize that we are separated. There's nothing we can do when we're born into this world. There's nothing we can do to change that. It is the hand that we get dealt from the time that we're born. And we can't take and trade our hand into the dealer. We're depraved. We're separated from God. And the only way to be brought back is through Jesus Christ. And I want us to look here, and this kind of will get into, into where we're wanting to go with this. The Bible says in Luke chapter 23, verse 32 through 46, it says, And there was also two other malefactors led with him to be put up to death. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary they there they crucified him and the malefactors one on the right hand and the other on the left so I want us to have this mental picture he's on the place which is he's at the place which is called Calvary where he was crucified and he had a man on his left side and a man on his right side and there Jesus hung in the middle Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, and they parted his raiment and cast lots, and the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself." If he be Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar, and saying, If thou be a king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew, this is the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors, which were hanged, railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art uh, in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. I want you to remember just a few things in this, and that's one of them. And it was about the sixth hour, and there was a darkness all over, Uh, A darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. Now, this is beautiful. Even though Jesus Christ was was brutally, brutally crucified and, and brutally tortured for my sin, This is beautiful because what the world broken and what the world had broken and what the world had tore apart and what the world had had made into seemingly to the world nothing, what they were doing is working for the Lord not realizing it, making Jesus Christ everything. And there he was, he hung. On the cross there at Calvary and on Golgotha's hill known as the place of the skull. And he hung there between two men, one on either side of him. One railed on him and said, if you be the Christ, save yourself and us. And how many times have we heard people that, that say, well, if Jesus Christ is real, well, he'll do this for me right now. And, and they tempt him and they... It's almost like they do it in a mocking way. But I'm reminded of the other malefactor that looked at him and said to the Lord, and said to the other one Hold on, I'll just read it to you. But the other answered rebuked him, saying, Dost thou not fear Dost not thou fear God? Seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly. So what he's telling the other thief is, look, this man has done no wrong. We're in the same place as he is. But we deserve what we're getting. We have committed crimes, whatever those may be. And then he went on to say, for we receive the due reward for our deeds. But this man hath done nothing Amiss. So he began to speak to, I don't know if he was his friend, if he was just another prisoner that was there, I don't know. But he spoke to this other man, and, and we're going to put it in little different terms, and I'm going to say it how I would say it now. What are you doing? This man right here, he's done nothing wrong. Can't you see that he is the Christ? Can't you tell? Why are you picking on him? Why are you tempting him? We're getting what we deserve, is what this thief is saying to him. And then he looked at Jesus. Now I want us to realize what Jesus went through, as terrible as it was, and it was so very bad, on the cross, the cross was designed to be painful in every aspect that it could be. So. While this was going on, Jesus was probably up there, nailed to the cross, trying to wiggle and trying to move to get some relief so that he could maybe breathe. And not only him only, but also these two malefactors. And these two malefactors knew that they were facing certain death But then you begin to look and see Jesus, and here he is. He's going on this, and, and he knew. Jesus knew. I, I believe Jesus knew from the time that he was born that this was what would take place. And he went through it for us, but here he is. He's sitting here. He's going through all of this. And he that knew no sin became sin for us. He took all the sin that I would commit and that you would commit. It was placed on him and he bare, and he uh, bared it unto the cross. And he paid the sin debt for the whole world. And here in this situation, here in this place that he's in, that thief looks unto him and he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Now keep in mind, that took an awful lot for that man to say. This wasn't a time where you could sit and you could talk easily. There was pain and there was agony and there was suffering. But even in all of this, this thief on the cross managed a way where he could get the air in his lungs, the breath in his lungs to look and to speak to Jesus i say, would you just remember me? Just remember me when you go into your kingdom. And it took a lot of strength and a lot of effort on that thief's part. And I believe Jesus Christ seen it. And then you look and Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. So we understand and we know that those three thieves that were, or not three thieves, those three men that were on the cross, two thieves and Jesus Christ, they died. They were killed on that cross, executed on that cross. And when Jesus Christ gave up the ghost, the Bible said that the veil of the temple was written twain from top to bottom. What that veil was, it separated the holiest of the holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was kept, where God came and abode with his people, and only the high priest could enter into that area. It separated that. And it gave us, in that moment, it give us a direct line to God the Father because of Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to think about this. The Bible said that Jesus Christ went into the belly of the earth, and there he abode for three days. And then when he arose, he led captivity captive. And then the Bible said when he arose into heaven and ascended into heaven many of the saints which were asleep arose and went with him and now he is seated on the right hand of the father so i want you to think about i want you to think about just a couple things number 1 when jesus went into the belly of the earth and began to preach went into abraham's bosom and began to to talk and began to speak The Bible said, and he said to the thief on the cross, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. I believe that however you walked in down there in Abraham's bosom, all of a sudden they begin to see Jesus walk in, and I believe they knew who he was. And then you look, and there was a man with him. Nobody knew him. He had no great name. He, he had no great name stature he was nobody seemingly of any importance but he was with Jesus and then you look and say you get to heaven and I heard this story in, in, in a little bit and and they kind of explained it this way say you get to heaven one day you find that thief on the cross and look at him and say what good did you do for God what's he going to say back I did no good I was I was crucified. I had committed a heinous crime and uh, was executed for my crime. Look at him and say, well, how did you get here? How, how How did you deserve a place in heaven? And he looked and the story goes like this. And he looks and he said, I didn't do anything good. But the man on the middle cross told me I could come. We need a middleman. Our sins are so bad, our sins are so heinous that had we not had a middleman to take our place, to stand uh, between us and God, hell would be our home. We were separated from God and we had to be reconciled back to the Father. The Bible says in Colossians 1, 21-22, And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Because of the intervention of the middle man, we have been reconciled back to the Father. Where we were separated from, And where we were uh, uh, depraved from the love of God, Jesus Christ took and he fixed it. Oh, and I dare say that many of us are like the middle, or, or like the thief there on the cross, and we've not done any good. The night I was saved, I hadn't done anything good at all. I tried to obey my mom and daddy, and, things like that, but outside of that, I had made no no good choices, no exceptionally good things had I ever done, and what it led to was I was in a life of sin, and I was in a place of sin, and I was a lot like that thief on the cross. I didn't deserve it. If I'd have died and I would have went to hell, I would have went there justly. I'd have got the punishment that I deserved, but the man that was on the middle cross, he told me I could go because there was a middle man took my place because he stood in in between me and my sin, and he picked up my sin. And placed it on Him and was crucified for my sin. I was taken in a God that I had no business being connected with. A God that I I would never be worthy enough to enter into His gates on my own. He reconciled me back to Him and I became a son of God. I want us to look at 1 John chapter number 2. And if you're going to talk about a middleman, you cannot talk about it without mentioning this verse. In First John, chapter number two, verse one and two, my little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now advocate, the word advocate in its primary sense, it signifies one who pleads the cause of another in court. One who defends, vindicates, or espouses a cause by argument. One who is friendly to an advocate for peace or for the oppressed. What Jesus is, he slipped in and we were guilty. We were found guilty. And this will lead into another episode maybe next week. But we were found guilty and through the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ, even though we were found guilty in sin, he took and became the mediator and became the advocate for us and became the middleman for us to stand between us and God the Father and plead our case for us. And he, and I believe he looked at God the Father and he said, even though they have sinned, Lord, I give my life for them. Their sins have been paid for. And Lord, I give my life for them. Father, I give my life for them. Would you please allow them to be in here? And then God the Father looks at His Son, and I know this is not Bible, but this is how my brain sees it. God the Father looks at His Son and sees the love and the compassion in His eyes. Knowing that He bore the sin of the whole world. And I believe a smile comes on God the Father's face. And I can't help but just think that He looked at Jesus Christ and his son, his only begotten son. Maybe give him a little grin and a nod. And there Jesus Christ stands on the right hand of God the Father, making intercession for you and I. And he died to be the propitiation for our sin, died to be the price that was paid. You look at the word propitiation, and that word means the act of appeasing wrath and recon- recon- reconciliating the favor of an offended person, the act of making propitious. We were facing, because of our sin, we were facing the wrath of God. And we we're offered a way out. And we were given a way out through His Son, Jesus Christ. We were given away to escape that wrath and Jesus Christ was the price that was paid, the atonement that was made, the supreme sacrifice for our sin so that we wouldn't have to experience the wrath of God, but we could experience the grace of God, the mercy of God, and the love of God. I want you to realize something, whether you were saved or whether you were lost, The man on the middle cross, the middle man, the one who the world says is not needful anymore and wants to cut out, they want to cut out the middle man. It was said to me, I believe, the other day somebody said to me, I believe that I'm a God. We want to take and we want to cut out the middle man, and, and the world wants to cut out the middle man and say that they could be equal with God, when in all reality we need that middle man. And had it not been for Jesus, I'd be headed for a devil's hell to be with the devil and his angels going as an intruder. The price of salvation was high. High enough not even money could buy it. And there's no good work that I could do, no good work that you could do, no good work that anybody could do. That would pay the price of sin, that would reconcile us back to the Father. But because of Jesus Christ but, and because God sent His Son, He not only paid the debt of sin, but He reconciled us back to the Father through Him and only Him. And through Him, we have a direct line to God the Father. We're living in a day and a time where the world says you can be saved in a thousand different ways. They say you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ in a thousand different ways. There's only one way to be saved. And the Bible says in John chapter 14 verses 6 and 7, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth. And the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. And then I want us to look at Galatians 3, chapter 26. Through 20, or, Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 29. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in In Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. First thing I want us to look at is here in the book of John what we read to you. Jesus said, I am the way. Then he went on to say, No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Then you look at, In the book of Galatians chapter number 3. And I want us just to look together. It says. For you are all the children of God by faith. Where? Not by faith in myself. Not by faith in my works. Not by faith in the things of this world. But by faith in Christ Jesus. Then he goes on to say, for as many as you have been baptized, that word baptized means to be submerged in. For as many as you have been baptized, where? Not into a creek up the road, not baptized into the Baptist faith, not baptized into good works or whatever you want to say that you're baptized. Baptized, submerged, placed, put into who? Jesus Christ. And it says as many as have been baptized into Christ have what? Put on Christ. It goes on to say, for ye are all one where? in Christ Jesus, and if you be whose, Christ's, because of the Lord Jesus Christ, the middle man, we have been saved, reconciled, and given a direct line to God the Father. This is one of these things that'll make a man want to preach faster than anything, because I know me, and I know the place that I'm at, and I know the sin that I've had in my life. Sin quite simply means to miss the mark. How many times I have missed the mark and I have done wrong. But because of Jesus Christ, because I was in Jesus Christ, when, when the Bible begins to repeat something, it means it. And just in those few verses of Scripture we read to you in Galatians, it begins to say, be baptized into Christ Jesus, put into Christ Jesus, to uh, be in Christ, to put on Christ. To And he said in his word, I am the way. There's one way to heaven, and that's Jesus Christ. And if you refuse Jesus Christ and you turn him away, you cannot be saved. He's the middleman for us. He's there to make intercession for us. And I told you today I wanted to spread the gospel. I wanted to give you the good news. The good news is you are in sin. The good news is that you're just like everybody else in the world. The good news is there's nothing you can do that will ever be good enough. And the good news is that even though that was the that was the situation we were put into, and you might be saying, "Well, Grayson, that doesn't sound like good news to me." Hold on, just a second. Even though that was a good that even though that is not necessarily what we wanted, it's not ideal circumstances for us. We couldn't help it; we were born into it. The good news is, we don't have to stay there. If you are hungry for something today and you don't know Jesus, our prayer is that somewhere along life's way, you meet this middleman who died for you. You might say, well, Grayson, why are you why are you being this way? Why are you saying this? Because if I we were heading up the road together and we were riding up the road. I'll put it this way. And a car started heading to us, heading toward us, head on. And one of us seen it, whether it were you, whether it were me. Seen that vehicle heading straight for us. We would either scream, we would help the driver, whoever was driving, and we would try our best to get the vehicle out of the way of that oncoming oncoming vehicle so that we didn't have a head-on collision. That's what we're trying to do today. I believe that there's a hell according to the word of God. And I believe there's a way to be saved saved from it. And I see it heading for us. Well, not for me, praise God. I'm put, I, I, I have been baptized into Jesus. But I see it heading for you. Heading for those that aren't saved. And I'm trying my best to get your attention to jerk the vehicle out of the way. so that you don't die that horrible death. That's why we do these things. That's why we talk about these things. And if you're saved and you're listening to this podcast, I hope this has encouraged you to realize that there was nothing you could do, but it's only Jesus. And I hope this puts a fire in us to realize that unless you're put in Jesus, you cannot be saved. So what does that tell me? If the only way to be saved is in Christ Jesus, then we better go tell folks about him. We better go tell folks that that's the way out. We better go tell folks that there's one way out. This is it. Let's go. But that's it today. We're going to go ahead and land the plane right here. That's it today for the Level Ground Podcast. Uh, It's been good with you. I hope you felt the Spirit just like I did. I hope you felt Jesus come down just like I did, knowing he died to be the middleman for me and the propitiation for my sin stirs my soul. But until next time, uh, we hope that you enjoy this episode. And until we see you next week, stay grounded, my friends. This is the Level Ground Podcast. I'm your host, Grayson Seegers. I don't even know where to end it. I'm up. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.